0: Hello and welcome to the program UFO Warning. Today's topic 36 alien civilizations in our galaxy. That's correct. Some scientists believe there could be 36 alien civilizations in our galaxy. Now I found this article from amp.cnn.com. I'm not a huge fan of CNN, but I picked this article up because it's been floating all over the internet the last few days, and these articles had these notions tend to pop up uh, every so often. That is uh, because there are so many solar systems in the galaxies that there, the theory is that there has to be lots of other places where life could have evolved the same way that it did on Earth. And I want to take a look at this theory and see whether or not it's even possibly true. Now, this article is titled There Could Be 36 Communicating Intelligent Civilizations in Our Galaxy, study says, by Ashland Strickland, CNN. And the article begins, it says Earth has proven unique in its ability to host life in the universe so far, leading us to question if we're truly alone. Maybe we're not. Scientists have calculated that there could be a minimum of thirty-six active communicating intelligent civilizations in our Milky Way galaxy, according to a new study. However, due to time and distance, we may never actually know if they ex- if they exist or ever existed. The study published Monday in the Astrophysical Journal, the previous calculations along those lines have been based on the Drake Equation, which was written by astronomer and astrophysical Frank Drake in 1961. Now, a lot of you have heard of the Drake Equation. You're simply dividing the number of habitable places and postulating how many many of those places would likely um, be somewhere where life could evolve. And that And that, I suppose, is true as long as you go with the theory that life evolved from a rock. Because that's basically what evolution is. It goes on, it says, Drake developed an equation which, in principle, can be used to calculate how many communicating extraterrestrial intelligence or SETI civilizations there may be in the galaxy. The authors wrote in their study, However, many of its terms are unknowable, and other methods must be used to calculate the likely number of communicating civilizations. So scientists at the University of Nottingham developed their own approach. The key difference between our calculation and previous ones based on the Drake equation is that we make very simple assumptions about how life developed, said study co-author Christopher Concealance, a professor of astrophysics at the University of Nottingham, in an email to CNN. Wow. So I suppose, um, like everything else in today's world... um, Everybody gets a, particip- gets a participation trophy. And even the planets that say 25, 35, oh, 50 years ago back in 1961 would have been deemed uninhabitable by real scientists now get a participation trophy. Now the case is they've lowered the bars. So let's see what they come up with. And one of them is that life forms in a scientific way. That is if the right conditions are met, then life will form. Now that is a big assumption. This avoids avoids impossible to answer questions such as what fraction of planets in a habitable zone of a star will form life, and what fraction of life will evolve into intelligent life, as these are not answerable until we actually detect life, which we have not yet done. So instead of assuming that something didn't happen, they assume that it did. This should give you a little insight into what's going on into the scientific community today. And when people come at you with numbers on COVID, when so-called scientists come at you with numbers on climate change, which used to be called global warming because the numbers just don't add up, just remember, this is the kind of stuff they do. This is how they're fooling around with science, with the scientific method. And you know, there's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Now it says, they developed what they call the Astrobiological Copernican Principle to establish weak and strong limits in, limits on life in the galaxy. These equations include the history of our star form, formation in our galaxy and the ages of stars, the metal content of the stars, and the likelihood of stars hosting Earth-like planets in their habitable zones where life could form. The habitable zone is the right distance from a star... Not too hot, not too cold, where liquid and life, as we know it, may be possible on the surface of a planet. Now, let me also assure you that there's a lot more that goes into that habitable zone than temperature. Okay, you have to have the exact you have to have the exact level of gravitational pull. You have to have a lot of things have to go into this thing, and they've really seriously oversimplified it here. Now, I did put a couple more uh, links on the Twitter account there UFO warning you can get there by going to at warning sub UFO and I put a couple links on there talking about the uh, Goldilocks uh, theory the Goldilocks zone, explaining uh, what that what that entails now the article continues it says of these factors habitable zones are critical but orbiting a quiet stable star for billions of years may be the most critical there you go again anytime we get into evolution They have to talk in billions. Because if you sat there and told a person that human beings evolved from a rock in a thousand years or a hundred thousand years, they might look at you cross-eyed. But if you just make it long enough, if you just make the lie big enough, people can start to imagine that anything could happen. The two astrobiological Copernican limits are that intelligent life forms in less than 5 billion years, or about 5 billion years, similar to on Earth, where a communicating civilization formed after 4.5 billion years, said co-author Tom Westby, an assistant professor in University of Nottingham's Faculty of Engineering, in a statement. The astrobiological Copernican strong limit is that life must form between 4.5 to 5.5 billion years on Earth, while the weak limit is that a planet takes at least 4 billion years to form life, but it can form any time after that. The researchers said, it is called the astrobiological Copernican principle because it makes the assumption that our existence is not spatial, Consolient said. That is, if the conditions in which intelligent life on Earth also develop somewhere else in the galaxy, then intelligent life could develop there in a similar way. Makes the assumption that our life is not spatial? Is this guy a complete idiot? Even if you... Even if you believe in evolution, you look—you're looking at the entire galaxy here, and you're saying there is a maximum of thirty-six, thirty-seven civilizations. How on earth could you say that human life is not spatial? That's like saying that—even uh, if you—even if you take evolution for granted the odds of life evolving on earth, are a fraction of the odds of you winning the parable or the lottery. Of course life on earth is spatial. This is the deep state once again telling you that you're not spatial, that you're just a collection of atoms, here today, gone tomorrow. That's simply not true. We go on here and read a little bit further. Based on their calculations, using the astrobiological Copernican Strong Limit, they determined that there are likely 36 active and communicating intelligent civilizations across our galaxy. This assumes that life forms the way it does on Earth, which is our only understanding of it at the moment. It also assumes that metal content of the stars hosting these planets are equal to that of the Sun, which is rich in metals, Wesley said. Now, as you can see, there's really not a lot of meat in that article. It's a big headline, and that's how these, that's how these uh, theories usually come out there. They're big, uh, they're simplistic, and they're eye-catching. But when you get right down to the meat of it, you have to say, well, show us the facts. Now, I want to go back to an article here from Discover Magazine. And this goes back, I believe, to 2016... I have it, I have it linked here. Yes, it's February 22nd, 2016. I have it linked at the Twitter account UFO warning. You can slide over there, do a follow. I try to do follow backs. The website is discover, is discovermagazine.com. The title is Earth may be a 1 and 700 quintillion kind of place. A new study estimates there are 700 quintillion planets in the universe. Now this is by Nathaniel Sharping. It says a new study suggests, now this is 2016 of course, a new study suggests there are around 700 quintillion planets in the universe, but only one like Earth. It's it's revelation, that's both beautiful and terrifying at the same time, 700 quintillion well, if a quadrillion is a thousand times a trillion, then a quintillion's got to be a million times a trillion. You think of our national debt; just multiply that by about ten million. This, the numbers here are astronomical. It's really hard for a human to even consider how big and how many seven hundred trillion is. Astrophysicist Eric Sjövall S- S- from from Uppsala University in Sweden arrived at this staggering figure, a seven followed by 20 zeros with the aid of a computer model that simulated the universe's evolution following the Big Bang. Zacharias' model combined information about known exoplanets with our understanding of the early universe and the laws of physics to recreate the past three and a half, to create, recreate the, the past 13.8 billion years. 13.8. Zacharias found that Earth appears to have been dealt a fairly lucky hand in a galaxy like the Milky Way, for example. Most of the planets Zuckerson's model generated looked very different than Earth. They were larger, older, and very unlikely to support life. The study can be found on the preprint server at XIV and has been submitted to the Astrophysical Journal. It says, Zachary's work suggests an alternative to the community held assumption that planets similar to Earth must exist based on the sheer number of planets out there. Ever since Copernicus put forth the theory that Earth is not the center of the universe, scientists have expanded the map of the cosmos and diminished our planet's relative uniqueness. Well, that's, they've, dev- they've reduced our relative unique- uniqueness from their perspective. But when you look at the fact that it's very likely that Earth is the only place with life, it's actually increased this planet's uniqueness. Current estimates hold that there are are some 100 billion galaxies in the universe containing about 10 to the 18th power of stars, or a billion trillion. Now, one of the most fundamental requirements for a planet to sustain life is to orbit in the habitable zone of a star, the goldilocks region where the temperature is just right and liquid water can exist. That's what we were just talking about. Astronomers have to astronomers have to they got a misprint. Astronomers have to at this point discovered around 30 I think what they're trying to say is astronomers up to this point discovered around 30 exoplanets in the habitable zone of stars. Simply extrapolating that figure based on the known number of stars suggests that there should be about 50 billion such planets in the Milky Way alone. Probably seem, Probability seems to dictate that Earth twins are out there somewhere. But according to Zacherson, <clears throat> most planets in the universe shouldn't look like Earth. His model indicates that Earth... The Earth's existence presents a mild statistical anomaly in the multiplicity of planets. Most of the worlds most of the worlds predicted by this model exist in galaxies larger than the Milky Way and orbit stars with different compositions, an important factor in determining a planet's characteristic. His research indicates that from a purely statistical standpoint, Earth perhaps shouldn't exist. Now just think of that. From the computer-generated models, a planet like Earth, perhaps, and I'm guessing probably, shouldn't even exist. Still, the model is based on what we currently understand about the universe, and if there's one thing we have figured out so far, it's that we still don't know very much. The model creates exoplanets based only on the ones we have discovered, which is extremely small sample size that probably doesn't provide a representative cross-section of all the planets in existence. It's currently the case that there are a lot of uncertainties in a calculation like this. Our knowledge of these places is imperfect. Now you see, what's happening here is the scientist has presented an opinion that the scientific community doesn't like. He's presented the notion that Earth is unique, possibly. That perhaps there's just no physical way that another planet like Earth or even Earth itself, could have been created. There's no way this could have happened by chance. He's saying 1 in 700 quintillion. And you see the reaction here from the scientists is much like the reaction you get from those same people when somebody posts a video of a UFO or maybe a Bigfoot or some other paranormal activity. It's amazing how these people want to define the world mostly in very limited terms in Newtonian physics and laugh at you when you entertain the notion that there could be some sort of unexplained phenomena or object in the sky or in the sea or the land or whatever, they want to explain everything with Newtonian physics. Just a simple, almost like a children's storytime explanation. And then when we come along with something that's extra normal, paranormal, whatever, that could only probably be explained with quantum physics. They want to laugh at us and tell us how we are stupid conspiracy theorists, and I see the same thing happening here with this one of their own scientists comes forward and he says, "Wow, you know, I don't know about all this, this, this whole creation of these planets. It's so, it's so different from what we have on Earth. The computer says a place like Earth shouldn't even exist. How, I mean, how did we get life? Everything else is inanimate. Oh, your model's not correct. Oh, it's because we don't have enough data. All of a sudden." The debunking begins because somebody has said something that disagrees with their narrative. These people have a narrative, and their narrative is that life evolved from a rock on earth, that there probably are many other places like earth where life is evolving from rocks, that we are not spatial, that there is no creator, and that because they're the smartest people in the room, you need to shut up and do what they tell you to do. You see, that's the motive. The motive is not that they particularly care about the notion of God, but the notion of God represents a higher authority. And if there's a higher authority, then that means they don't get to boss you and I around and henpeck us. They don't get to lock us down in our houses for three and a half months over a made-up lie. So, as you pay attention to these news stories that come out, some of them can be a little bit misleading. Yes, there probably are alien creatures, but in my opinion, all of this stuff is interdimensional. Most likely, interdimensional. You notice what happened when NASA came out with a with the concept of a parallel universe a couple weeks ago. By the way, the most successful podcast I've ever put out there. People are interested in this stuff. But what happened? Well, the scientific community rushed. They rushed to destroy this notion, to debunk it. But after all, the whole notion of a parallel universe came from the scientific community. When somebody said that the Big Bang was too unlikely to happen, that if you had even 13 billion years, that the, that the occurrence of a Big Bang would be so unlikely to happen that it couldn't have happened. So what did they come up with? Well, they came up with a multiverse, multiple Big Bangs. And from that stemmed this notion of a parallel universe. But when you take their own ideas and and take those ideas and use them and come up with your own notion, you're not allowed to do that. You You have to listen to the narrative of the deep state. If the narrative tells you that, yes, aliens exist, but they're on the other side of the galaxy, don't talk to me about them, then you have to shut up and leave the aliens over there. If... The deep state tells you, yes, there are multiple universes, and you turn that around and say, wow, I wonder if there are multiple parallel universes. I wonder if there are places like heaven and hell. No, you can't talk about that. You do not have permission. You see this all the way through their behavior. And we've gone through this with the stupid COVID thing. We know, we've been told by multiple doctors that if they combine a the that malaria drug, along with the zinc and some vitamin D tablets, I think, that they've had spectacular success. No, that doesn't fit our narrative. We haven't killed enough old people. We haven't kept the planet locked down long enough. I think the death toll in India now is up to like 11,000, and they have the people in India freaking out. And we covered this 45,000 people a year dead of snake bites. And they've had maybe 10 or 12,000 dead so far this year of snake bites. But 10 or 12,000 people die of the COVID, and the deep state has them scared out of their mind. Went to order a pair of tennis shoes online last night. Won't ship until October 20th. That's right. That's what happens when you lock up half of China. So when I see these articles about aliens and the possibility of life in the universe, they're fun to read. But I think sometimes they cover over the true point. The point that we here on Earth are so unique. Unique beyond comprehension. And if we find other things, we are much more likely to find them in the dimension that's at the tip of our finger than in a galaxy that's halfway across the universe. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.